Hello and welcome everybody back to Pixel Splitters, your absolute favorite conversation podcast where two guys discuss movie news, TV news, camera tech news, and we've established by this at this point just literally any news we want to cover, you know? That's just our podcast. It's our show. Uh as always, we are your two hosts. My name is Josh. And my name is Willis. And uh we're gonna start this off as we've been doing the past couple episodes with two brand new pieces of content that we have consumed over the past seven days. What are your two pieces of content, yes. Willis? So mine, uh, one I have just consumed today, uh, mm. and that is the House of Dragon trailer mm. on, uh, on well, on YouTube, I guess, uh, but on HBO um, of the new would-be Game of Thrones sequel prequel. Um, yes. I thought I was going to roll my eyes when that came out, but I'm kind of there. Okay. It's weird. I don't know. Matt Smith looks like a Targaryen. That's all I'll put out there. Uh, <laughs> and then the other one, uh, the other one I'm doing is also a trailer that I've been kind of obsessed with. And that is the um, Tick, Tick, Boom trailer. Oh, yeah. Uh, that came out the other day. That is uh, Lynn Miranda Manuel's. Lynn Manuel Miranda. Oh, did I do it backwards again? <laughs> I, I don't know why I always do that backwards. It's literally nothing against him. It's just how my brain is. Uh, his directorial debut of uh, the Jonathan Larson uh, musical about Jonathan Larson. And I've watched that a ton because I'm obsessed with it. That's Andrew Garfield, right? That is Andrew Garfield. Let's go. In what I feel like is kind of going to be an Oscar bid. Like I, weirdly. I think it might be just, I only watched like clips from the trailer, no. but it, it very well. Could it has be. that vibes and the timing is right. Exactly. That's it's a lot to do with the timing. And it's a Netflix show and it does say in select theaters, which to me is like an indicator. Come on. Yeah, it's like but they did with the Irishman. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about you, Josh? What have you been consuming? I consumed a lot of uh, scary stuff recently because I have made the pact with myself to watch a horror movie every single day of October. Good Lord. And it is kind of, I'm only four, five days in and it's a little grueling, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. And I like horror movies, but I, I recently watched a film that I had been meaning to check out called Saint Maud, which mm-hmm. is a horror film that I wasn't actually super in love with. This I, I made I also made a deal with myself to to choose something today that I wasn't a huge fan of. Wasn't uh it didn't really do it for me. I think that it had a lot going for it, but at the in the end it was something that had more promise than it did in the uh you know, in the concept than it did the execution. So I don't know. Check it out if you want to, but um, I'll give it like two two out of five stars. Oh, all right. And, and then the other thing that I consumed, which I think everyone should check out, you before you watch uh, Squid Game should listen to this. Okay. It is one of the, I guess, like theme tracks for like the pink guys in the suits. You've probably seen like some of the... Mm-hmm. And it's called Pink Soldiers by 23. I don't know 23 is an art. I, I guess 23 is an artist. I couldn't find out much about <laughs> who they are. It is a it is a really, really unnerving theme song. Um, it kind of reminds me of like the Twilight Zone, but a lot is more. It, is it the theme to Squid Game or is it like part of like the soundtrack? It's just part of the soundtrack. I don't think there is like a theme. It's just one of the themes of the characters. Uh, and it is like. 40 seconds or something but it is super unnerving in the weirdest kind of whimsical way it's yeah i've i listened to that a couple times (laughs) over the past week and it gives me weird vibes so so yeah those are those are my two pieces of content 
That's and fair. Uh, and yeah, guys, today we've got an interesting episode. We're going to be following up on the IATSE strike, which uh, they voted or yeah, they voted on whether to authorize a couple yes. days ago, mm-hmm. which there's a lot to go over about that. We're also going to be talking about some more controversy. The ScarJo Disney saga is finally coming to a close, and we have some answers and some questions about that as well. Yes. And then we're going to talk about Squid Game, because how the hell do you not talk about Squid Game right now? It's, it's true. It's uh, it's it's a phenomenon across the entire globe, which is just... And I will ooh. qualify from the top that I haven't watched it yet, so this will yes. be a spoiler-free episode yes. wherein we talk about Squid Game. Unless I guess the plots or something like that. Sure, sure. But you won't know. Yeah. But probably not. <laughs> but you won't know it. They won't know it. So regardless. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Spoiler free. Yes. So that's, uh, that's what we got today for you guys. And um, yeah, let's, let's get to it. Let's get to it. So the IATSE yes. recently mobilized or basically there was a call to action because mm-hmm. of the working conditions on film sets as we've talked yes. about a couple times yeah which we talked about extensively in the last episode if you're listening to this one and didn't listen to the last episode maybe pause and go back yeah this might be a little confusing or maybe you don't care but or yeah. you know just yeah <laughs> look it up real quick and and you'll be pretty much where we are but. exactly exactly and uh yeah so we'll continue what you're gonna say Well, so, yeah, I mean, I was going to, like, so when last we talked about it, there, the sort of voting was in progress, I guess you'd say, of whether or not the union wanted to authorize their president with the ability to strike, should they uh, so wish. Um, Yes. That vote, like, I think it came due on October 1st, which was last Friday, Mm -hmm. uh, and the result was overwhelmingly positive. I think it was something like 98, I want to say 0.6% of the union members voted to strike if, uh, if it came to that. Yeah. Um, And I think like 90% actually showed up, which is just unbelievable, which is massive. I think it's like three years ago when they, uh, last time they renegotiated their contracts like this, something like 60 or 56 or 60% Mm -hmm. showed up, which is like, Respectable, but like not ninety percent. Um, ninety means there's a problem. <laughs> yeah, like so, like we're we're getting at something real here. Um, you know, when when people show up like that, like there's something worth worth getting at. Um, yeah. And did you see a hundred members of Congress also signed? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. So it's it's great to see. Um, it's something that needs to be addressed and needs to be changed. Um, and. So to to clarify, they're not voting to strike. They're voting to authorize the ability for the president of the union to call for a strike should yeah. negotiations fall apart. Exactly. Um, the big key to take away from this is because of that overwhelming vote, uh, the... The AMPTP. The AMPTP. Uh, has come back to the negotiating table. They hadn't really had any, from what I understand... Um, they hadn't really had any conversations in like three or four months. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, negotiations had fallen apart. Right. Uh, and that's where they sort of found themselves. Uh, but now they're coming back to kind of, you know, have uh, further conversations. Um, yeah. And they're, they're big. Uh, the, the AMPTP, 
P it's acronyms, man. I know. Uh, <laughs> their, their big thing is like, they think that like a deal can be found at the negotiating table. Like there doesn't need to be a strike. Well, y- yeah. I, well, I a hundred percent, but of, of course they have to like, you can't be like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> bullshit. You can get a deal with this. Like, right. Right. Hell no. We'll let this union shut down before uh, yet. Yeah. Like all of the crew. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, it comes down to everyone. And we even saw some like major actors going out there and, you mm-hmm. know, showing support, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, if you don't have the, and this is something with Hollywood, it's, there's a lot of taking credit where it's not due in Hollywood. Um, especially when it comes to producers, which is what, so the AMPTP is the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. So it's basically the studio side of a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah, when it comes down to it, Hollywood pictures and films don't get made if you have no crew. Like you can have a director yeah. and you can have a producer, but if you have nobody there to do the hard work, yeah, like you don't have a picture made. So yeah, of course they had to say, yeah, we're going to go back to the drawing table. We'll renegotiate here. Um, especially when it's an industry that's just has a lot of money, like mm-hmm. capital behind it. It's like, yeah, you can definitely afford to pay people a little more or yeah, not. Have I mean, to we do- made, we made the comment last week of like, you know, if this kind of like taking care of it upload, like ups a budget from like 120 million to 130 million, like who's real. I mean, I realize I'm talking about $10 million here, but like Netflix isn't going to flinch at that. Right. Universal is not going to flinch at Disney's not going to flinch at that. Like, especially if it's like, well, that's just, they won't like it, but like, it's not, the argument is not hard to make that it's worth it. Right. Or that the money can be made up elsewhere you know especially because like anything that comes out that's like oh yeah we didn't address the union or we use scabs or whatever that kind of thing is like going to get torn apart and not make any money exactly you know like that's the nice thing is i'm actually seeing non-film industry people ask me about this or like you know kind of starting to get a sense of what's going on and what it means and i'm like yeah like this is in the public eye which is great 100 percent agree with you it's it's weird because one of one of my friends brought this up to me the other day. It's like it's so nice that like the film industry is one of the really specific industries that have people that are very public, like mm-hmm. all over the place, whether it be actors or directors, like there are very, very public figures that can lend support and bring this stuff to the forefront. Like yeah. we've talked about this a few times, but Roger Deakins and all of the cinematographers union signed a petition. Mm-hmm. This was like months ago up to basically st- lower support, powers yeah, yeah and, and show support. And it's just, it, it, it's a great thing that there is that much publicity because there are so many industries that are like suffering the same, if not worse condition. Like yeah. we, we were thinking about Amazon and it's like, yeah, there's no one to really back any of the workers at Amazon, regardless yeah. of what goes on. It's like, you don't have these big figureheads. So it's really, it's, uh, they're in a really interesting position. Yeah. There's no, there's no like uh warehouse supervisor for Amazon that, you know, 90% of America can name off the top right. of their heads. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You don't have like the rock. Or going Star out. Joe. Yeah. yeah it was, it was, it's, yeah. it's just, um, it's really interesting to think about. And it also kind of, it makes me wish there was something other than, you know, that publicity to get stuff like this noticed. Because ha- yeah. had none of those people given their support, well, 
things have clearly gotten to a point where the work yeah. where the crew is like we're just not gonna do this anymore like it's it's we're dying literally yeah. so <laughs> um so like i want to talk about a thing that i saw um that one of my friends who is a uh a union makeup artist uh mm-hmm. posted on her her instagram that like t- so like there's an argument of like well it's like the film industry like you got to be in it like you know it's that's part of the you know situation um but like to sort of accentuate like how bad this really is um yeah. she posted a thing where it's it's like a link that base or it's a text that basically is like if anyone if any set you're working on tries to do this like reach out to this phone number kind of thing yeah but the text reads like this my boss just told us that we'll be working 14 seven days a week that's 14 hours uh, until further notice. They're trying to push as much work before the strike as they can. What a giant fuck you to all the crew members. Several production heads are doing this. I'm sure more will do it in the coming days. Mm-hmm. So like they're force, there are people in this industry who are foreseeing a possible strike and are like, well, you know what? I'm just going to drive as many people into the ground before that happens. Yeah. I'm just, we're going to get this all in the can. We're going to get this all shot before anything happens and screw you for, you know, whatever i don't know it's it's insane like there are people that don't care about their employees or their yeah and you know that's why you have unions to exactly protect you from stuff like that exactly and there's it it all comes back to a lot of and this is another thing it's like it it does kind of suck that you get you can get so much acclaim from stuff like this because it drives a lot of people to want just the credit versus doing something about it like I've heard, yeah, num- numerous um, stories from my friends who are just talking about producers who just don't yeah. know what they're doing, don't care, basically just want this to get done as well as it can, and then take credit for it in the end. And it's like, yeah. I'm glad that people aren't standing up for that anymore. It's, yeah. it's like, these are the people who, guess what? If you don't have crew, you don't have any product at all. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yep. And those are the people you want to treat like trash. And like, at, at a certain point, it was interchangeable you could just swap one person out who wasn't going to work and 10 other people would be there to fill their place but i think they're at a turning point a huge turning point where that's not the case people are like it's just not worth it you know doing things the way think they've been done is the laziest argument and has always been the laziest argument and this is what happens when you don't make changes when people need them yeah when it comes to yeah human rights issues and you know people literally having heart attacks on set and being like the, the EMTs mm-hmm. are told to like do it quietly because we're shooting. Yeah. It's like that's let's have a moment of silence and finish up. the day. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's fucked. And I've also seen that there have been some really positive waves from this. Like there's a bunch of Instagram pages where people share their stories on set, mm-hmm. and there's been a lot of you know like first ads and a lot of semi semi high uh, people in the production that are taking that into account and going like, Hey, like, do you guys need anything? We're cutting all of our days down to whatever, 14, like 12 hours. Yeah. You know, we're going to go home this, this period, like during this period. But I hope the ratio of the good to the bad is, is favorable. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's like one of those, there's always people that are made aware of a problem and will then work to correct that problem. Yeah. And props to them for not being a douchebag. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cause uh, that happens a lot in 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 the film industry. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, so we'll see where we sort of land with this. Like, I hope that they can find a, a mutual agreement. Like, as much as 
everyone seems to be yelling strike, strike, strike. That is, you know, objectively speaking, going to be a big blow to the movie industry. Yeah. Um, And they don't get paid. Like, regardless, it's like you don't get paid if you don't work. Like, yeah, I understand. A strike will be necessary if they don't want to change the things that need to be changed. Yeah. But it's not something that everybody wants to do. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see. Um, We'll we'll keep checking in on this. I feel like it's going to unfold in the next couple of weeks. It has to. It has you know? to. Um, yeah. If they don't, I don't know if there's an exact date on like, Oh, when they need to, reach when they agreement. can like, when they can reach an agreement until, um, but I mean, all it takes at this point, like with that vote, all it takes is for the president to go no and walk away from the table. And then that's it. And then, then we're into it. Yep. So Yeah. That's not a place anybody wants to be in, but yeah, if it happens, it has to happen. Yeah. We'll be covering it here on Pixel Splitters. Yes, this will be an ongoing saga, I'm sure. So speaking of ongoing sagas, ooh. Oh, look at that. Nice. That was like you teed it up, and then I like, that was like a, a tag team. Right in the pocket. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I just like threw four metaphors at the wall then. And and half of them like, were sports. Like a quarter of them <laughs> stuck. Yeah. It's all right. Um, ongoing sagas. You want to talk about this one, Josh? Sure. So uh, our girl Scarlett Johansson uh, is back in the news because of her ongoing feud with Disney, which is rightfully so. And, and if you're not sure what's going on, we'll give her a little refresher. Basically, Disney isn't paying her what she's due for Black Widow. And they also are or were refusing to renegotiate her contract because uh, basically the contract was written for theatrical movies and that premiered simultaneously. So it didn't account for any of the streaming. So uh, ScarJo basically opened up a lawsuit and said, hey, you guys breached your contract. And now, I don't know what is it. It's only been, a f- what, through a month? Uh, no, it's been two a co- I mean, what? So Black Widow was July? Oh, so two and a half June months. or July. But like it wasn't yeah. right away because there was the whole thing. But it's, yeah, it's been, I would say probably two and a half, three months almost. Yeah. 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 That, that actually, yeah, that makes sense now. And, uh. And it's coming to a close. The saga is ending for, for right now. <laughs> yes. And basically they've come they've settled, right? Yes. And we don't for have, lack of any other information. Yeah. Yeah, that says they've settled and they haven't said too much else about it. They're obviously not gonna tell what the agreement was, but um but yeah, it's interesting because the tone like shifted 180 from what it was before. It was hostility yeah. from Disney into like kind of you know, like an hour rolling ago. over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this was bound to happen though, right? It, they had to settle. There was, yeah, there was no way. I mean, like this kind of thing going to court would be wild. Like it would be absolutely insane for one of the largest production companies in the world to essentially go to war with one of the biggest actresses in the world. Yeah. Um, <laughs> publicly. You know what I mean? Say whatever you want for closed, uh, closed courtrooms or anything like that, but the new, the media would cover it endlessly. Um, yes. There would be a mini series like yeah. greenlit today. <laughs> who would you, who would you cast to play Scarlett Johansson though? No. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm going to think about this. I'll have an answer. <laughs> but yeah, so they, they've said, yep, we're good. And she's, I want to say, this is what I was just looking for. They've got her signed on for another movie. 
They're officially, because there was a whole thing that, like, oh, they've parted ways. Like, it's a good thing that Scarlett Johansson was done in the MCU because blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know. Um, But part of their announcement was that Disney was looking forward to working together on a number of upcoming products, products, projects, including Disney's Tower of Terror. Yeah. Which you could have said product there too. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> it's pretty it's much Disney. a product. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll set aside how much I don't care about a Tower of Terror movie. Sure. And I'll add on to that. Like I can't imagine why she's signed on to that. I'm curious if that was like a thing she was signed on to before. The is that like part of the settlement? Do you think? That's a weird you thought. You have to do this fucking movie for us because no one that's, else will do it. But it's that's possible. not insanely outside the realm of like a contract. It's possible. You know, like, yeah, we'll do this. And part of the settlement is you have to be in what we think is going to be a tent. Because this is like <laughs> Tower of Terror is one of their Disney rides. This is the same yeah. vein as Jungle Cruise. Yeah. You know, and yeah. uh, Pirates and <laughs> the Eddie Murphy Haunted Mansion. Oh, good um, Lord. Yeah. Which is my recommendation. No. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. That would have thrown me way off, but I haven't seen it in about 10 years. So <laughs> That's an interesting thought of whether or not this is that's part of it. Yeah, it's definitely something they would do, 100%. Yeah. And I could see her conceding that, being like, you have to come do a, a film with us to make us look like you're still willing to like, like we're still like on good terms, on and, good terms. in a good movie. Yeah. Because that's the other um, thing. I was like, why would either party really want that in the end? I mean, obviously, Scarlett Johansson is insanely marketable and bankable. But yeah. other than that, it's like they clearly... Like, Scarlett Johansson has not given Disney her best stuff. Like, I think yeah. Black Widow doesn't lend itself to anything spectacular performance-wise. Uh, she definitely does the part, but it's like... It's no... It's none of her... It's no marriage story. Um, yeah well and that's i mean like the outside of black widow like i don't think of her as a major like like blockbuster like blockbuster ip actress she's like super low-key indie film stuff yeah like don john like there's so many things i'm like you are so good in this her like i said a couple weeks ago it's like yeah super weird out of the box stuff that she and she kills it in all of it and i mean yeah and like marriage story jojo rabbit like jojo rabbit Oh yeah, I um her 2019 was fucking insane. It was wild. Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and you do get things like she was in the Jungle Book and things like that. So maybe there's something there. Mm, okay, okay. But that's actually really interesting to look at because I like in my head I'm like, oh yeah, it's Scarlett Johansson. She's Black Widow. She's a major blockbuster actress. But no, no. Like, not even a little bit. That's, like, a hard argument to make. But if you think about it, think about the rest of the cast. That's kind of all of, of their M- of the of the, uh, the Avengers, I should say. <laughs> the rest of those people, minus Jeremy Renner. Well, and, uh, and like Chris Hemsworth. Okay. Chris, Chris Hemsworth is yeah, like, yeah, 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 sign me on to whatever, I'll do literally uh, whatever <laughs> franchise you want. Yeah. And Benny Arby, Black, you got yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll fucking do it. Yeah. I'll be in uh, Moby Dick or whatever the hell he was. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're right. And, and, and RDJ also. But you're like, not wrong. Yeah. Like, they, like. Know. But Chris Evans is like super indie, like rom com dude. Like, that's his thing. <laughs> it's one of those things that, like, being in a Marvel film gives you cover to do whatever else you want. Like, right. you're like, yep, solid. Nine movies? Sure. I mean, uh, like, 
even you look at um oh we're getting back into the mcu talk i don't we'll, care can't we'll pump get away the brakes. uh <laughs> but like you look at um ashley olsen not ashley olsen elizabeth olsen elizabeth olsen yeah. ashley olsen is of mary kate and ashley yes yes uh, <laughs> you look at her and it's like outside of wanda she does all kinds of crazy indie stuff yeah which is fucking awesome. And Mark Ruffalo is like a serious, yeah, serious Mark Oscar like, contender every year. Like he's in. Does Mark Ruffalo have an Oscar? I don't know if he does, but he every year he's in something. That I'm like, you could win an Oscar for this. You're fucking awesome. Like, <laughs> yeah, because it was like Spotlight. Yeah, Spotlight. Zodiac. Zodiac. Blackwater. Like he's in everything. Foxcatcher. Foxcatcher, and he's fucking yeah. Mark Ruffalo has no business being in the MCU, but. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so it's just that, that's just something that's really weird to think about. Like it, they they really aren't. Marvel kind of made them all big action stars, and some of them took it, some of them didn't. And some of them are like, yeah, I have to do like a movie every four years or something. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know. I think that when it comes to this, I think after Tower of Terror, she's not going to be with them anymore, unless yeah. she's contractually like a obligated i, to I do think something. if like if something comes along that she's intrigued enough by that just happens to be disney she'll be like yeah okay yeah if it's like an emma stone cruella type thing like, yeah she might be like okay yeah like kind of yeah. a fun yeah but ah, that's just or weird. like hey disney throws out some decent movies from time to time it's true it's no. not all popcorn but it's it's true but that's what's been dominating but, yeah. the, but it's disney yeah. the sphere it's like she'll be in like a star wars thing or something <laughs> oh my god Hey, you never know. <laughs> Boba Fett this this December, everyone. Um, can I? I want to. I want to tag something in here real quick that I just saw before, and we can cut this or not. But um, yeah. <laughs> have you been watching What If? Honestly, no. I kind of stopped after the fourth episode. So it's picked up. Okay. It had a little bit of a hard time there, and it's. Um, I feel like it's found its groove, and there's some Ooh. like really intense shit. But like, I saw a thing that there's an Easter egg in it that technically canonizes the Star Wars universe in the MCU. It's like just the tiniest little thing in the back, but you're like, yep, that's what that is. But that does that. And that, that does puts, it. Yep. <laughs> that's all it takes. Yep. You can't just do that anymore. Like, yeah, when filmmakers used to like, oh, I put this red door that was in this film yeah. that I love. Like, that, you can't do that anymore. I'll just, for like, I'll just put it out there because I'm like hinting for... Like, I'm like, oh, don't spoil, but like, it's... Oh, I don't just send it, um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, there's a scene where a character, I won't spoil it too much, but there's a scene where a character is like going through a bunch of different universes. Mm -hmm. And in the background of one, there is, it's like a lava planet. And in the background, there's a structure that is clearly Darth Vader's structure from Mustafa, 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 Mustafar. Mustafar, yeah, yeah. Mustafar, yeah. <laughs> and oh. you're like, yep, there it is. That's... That's a little Easter egg that some animator threw in there, and now everything in the Star Wars universe is canon in the MCU. Good God. So, there we go. All right. Well, Joy that's of the multiverse. Something to chew on for a bit. Yeah. And like I said, we can cut that part out if we're like, <laughs> you know, oh, look, we're at like an hour and 40 minutes here. But I don't think we're going to be at that, but um, that's worth really Worth following up because with, with What If, because I think it is going to come into play in the rest of the MCU. There are things going on there that I'm like, this is canon i kind of thought so they don't do things that are just like ah, you can yeah. watch this or not it's like no you have to watch loki or you're gonna be completely yeah. lost it's like they just do that the first few episodes i'm like ah, i don't know but like we're getting into the, like the zombie episode i'm like ah, i probably won't see zombies in the mcu but yeah but <sighs> ah, 
shit. Okay. All I right. Know. I'll continue on. I'll continue. They're easy on. watches too. They're all just like half an hour. Yeah. There were like hour. one or two that's like forty minutes, but I'm good with that. I binged like five hour long episodes of Squid Game <laughs> yeah. yesterday, so I'm good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like in terms of bingeable <laughs> things, you're like I think we're good. it's not a big lift. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. We have heard the end of Scarlett Johansson and Disney's uh <laughs> saga for now. I'm sure we'll have more. Or have we, yeah. I wonder if this is one of those things that in like six months or six years or something, like the details of this will come out and we'll be like, yep, that's why she was in that Tower of Terror movie. I feel like it, it probably will at some point. We'll see. It's, yeah. it's not something I'm holding my breath for. I'm just glad that they finally reached some sort of settlement where she feels like it's fair because it's Disney and they should be playing fair, but they're not. And that's how they got yeah. to where they are. So it's a, it's a catch 22, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yep. I was going to say, you know what else is a Catch-22, but I don't know if any of Squid Game is. But <laughs> Well, I was going to say, you know what else is bingeable? Uh, but then I was like, oh, but if we cut out this whole bit, and now we're really- We're not going to cut that. It. We're not going to cut that. <laughs> we cut this whole bit not. about what if. So speaking of things that are bingeable, like what if. Yeah. Let's talk about Squid Game. Yes. Because where on earth did this come from? I- Had you heard anything about this before last week? Not not a yeah. single word, and it premiered mid September. So it's not like it, we had that much time to dwell on it. But like, yeah, you'd think. Oh, has it been around for that long? I feel like I didn't realize that it was like September. I feel like it came out last week. Well, it was September like eighteenth, so I was like, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, last all right, week. so that's like yeah, two yeah. weeks, three yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. Um, I don't know what day is it. It's uh, it's only the fifth. So yeah, it's only yeah, like okay. that was yeah like two and a half weeks ago. But it feels like the first like I heard it. I heard about it one day. That same yeah. day, it was number one. And then the next day, every single person I knew had seen it already. Yeah. It was like this crazy phenomenon where, and I don't know when this, when's the last time something like this has happened where every single person is talking about it. And like what Josh is talking about here is this is the biggest show on Netflix in 90 countries. Yeah. <laughs> like that's never happened before. Like, maybe Stranger Things came maybe. close to something like that, yeah. but I really don't think so. Stranger Things had a universal appeal in the US for sure. And yeah. like, I remember when that came out and everyone was like, oh my God. And like, there's arguments for like Game of Thrones or like there's certain things that pop in. And you're like, yeah, like everybody's talking about this right now, but like not 90 countries, everybody. Yeah, yeah. And this is a Korean show made by Korean people with a Korean cast spoken in, in Korean. Korean. Like you can watch it dubbed, but like it's it's still a dubbed thing. So it, it's yeah, it's just a cr the craziest thing ever. And I mean, I think obviously Parasite had something to do with this, which is cool. I was just gonna ask you, do you think that like Parasite opened a door for this? Hundred percent, and not not like saying that this wasn't going to happen anyway, but sure. But yeah, Parasite made this happen because the creator I read online, it was like, yeah, he was trying to make this for like almost a whole decade. Like he oh, wrote really? Squid Game in like 2008 and then like no one would pick it up for 10 years. And then finally, like a few years ago, they, they greenlit it. I think Netflix was just like, that's wild. Sure. So it's like, yeah, they wouldn't and they wouldn't have greenlit something. Well, yeah. Netflix is always tr not always. They've recently been trying to like up their their um, their game. In I terms think of Netflix diversity. has has been pretty. Um, well, okay. Well, you finished that sentence with diversity. I was going to say pretty open to like risks. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> but like the thing I went to in my head was, 
uh, Lilyhammer, which was one of their first things, which is like the whitest show in like the world. So <laughs> true, I, and they do that all the time. I mean, they yeah. brought Arrested Development back. They picked up Black Mirror when it was like only a season or two in Britain. Yeah. So they they're not afraid of yeah, definitely doing that stuff. But it's it's the fact that this was something that usually, and I'm. Just, totally generalizing like the the average american audience yeah. wouldn't have picked up f- even five years ago to be like mm-hmm. oh everyone's gonna watch a subtitled show and and binge it and not be able to stop talking about it it just doesn't happen i mean even still today like i've been trying to watch a lot more korean cinema because mm-hmm. it's not that available around here sure. and I don't know very many people at all, e- even cinema people like buffs who are like, yeah, yeah I watch a lot like of Japanese yeah. and Korean cinema, but this, every single, my mom is talking to me about it. I'm like, what are you, you why are you watching this? Like, I don't know if yeah. you're going to enjoy this or not. Um, and it's just a, f- a true phenomenon and I don't understand. So my whole thing is, I wonder if this was predetermined. Like, I wonder if they tested it and then they basically just put it out and it, like maybe they didn't even say it was number one. They just put it out on the homepage because that's mm-hmm. all it takes for a lot of this stuff. Like Midnight Mass homepage, everyone watched it. Yeah. Why does that happen? I don't know. They're never going to tell us. It's just how it happens. Not every single new thing gets the homepage, but for some reason, Squid Game got the homepage and everyone fucking just clicked on it because you're like, what is Squid Game? Like, what is this? Yeah. I. It's one of those, I wonder at what point Netflix went, oh, we've got something next level going on here. Like, did they, like, from the green light, were they going, this is going to be huge? This is going to be massive. We're going to, like, promote this shit at. Well, I don't know how much they're promoting this. It's kind of like self sustaining. It's self promoting like, it. Yeah. Yeah. Self promoting. Not self sustaining. Yeah. Um, but, like, I, or I wonder if it was Netflix put it out. And then the first couple weeks or week that it was, it got like really surprisingly good numbers. And they were like, oh, wait, is this like a, and I'm sure it's like somewhere in the middle of this. I'm like, I'm yeah, arguing both polarized ends here, but, um, (laughs) you know, like, are they, were they like, oh, like people are into this, let's put it on. And then it shot up from there. Um, I don't, it's, it's intriguing. And we'll never not never, but it's very unlikely that we're ever going to know because those are the things they just don't release. They don't tell yeah. you exactly how many people are watching something. They don't tell you how success. That's why you can't really gauge success except for water cooler talk. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, and you brought, you mentioned something earlier that like kind of piqued my interest of like, do you think they just decided that this was number one? Like that's like an ethical question in there of like, there's nothing to prevent Netflix from saying this is the most watched show in the United States. And I'm not saying that like, I'm not trying to discredit uh, squid game in any capacity. I, I like, but I'm like, I wonder if they were like, that was part of their marketing plan. It was like, we're just going to say this is number one and then everyone will watch it. Right. And then it will snowball, which it's a mean, question. Of, yeah. They, so remember Spencer confidential, the Mark Wahlberg, like mm-hmm. n- not good movie. Like I really didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, that was another one that was like, didn't know what was coming. It just showed up on the homepage and it was number one. And I was like, yeah. 
why is this number one? Like, there's no reasoning. Six Underground, I get way more. Like, that was another one that went to, straight to number one. I get that more. You got Ryan Reynolds, you got Michael Bay. It's like, mm-hmm. it's a big thing. Dave Franco, isn't it? Like, Well, and Six Underground was something that was advertised, too. Like, I remember seeing ads for that. Yes, yes. You know, they were, like, trying to bring someone to the platform for that one. But right. I digress. I'm interrupting. No, no, no. No, 100%. But it's, but so, it, it's just... It feels like manufactured sometimes, especially when it's mm-hmm. something like Spencer Confidential, which I'm like, this is not a good movie. It wasn't even that fun to watch, yet everyone fucking watch is watching it, quote unquote. Um, Squid Game is way better than Spencer Confidential, but yeah. at the same time, I'm like, they can just say this is number one, and you have yeah. no metric. I mean, movie theaters do it all the movie, like, well, movie movies do it all the time this yeah. is number one in america the number one movie in america that was number one between two and three a.m yeah. on friday morning <laughs> when it raked in like just like five hundred thousand yeah. more than this other movie yeah exactly so it's just who knows who cares it's weird who knows what, like <laughs> like what you're saying so like with spencer confidential as like an, an example there i'm like that to me is something that like that gets advertised because netflix has got money into that sure like mark Wahlberg on his own carries a huge price tag sure i don't know how much like given its nature i don't know how much money they necessarily have into squid game yeah i don't know so like i feel like like they're i'd be really curious to see what's going on in netflix i feel like i've said this a thousand times but what's going on in netflix boardrooms if they're like yeah perfect this worked out exactly what we want or if they're all kind of walking looking around going like so right (laughs) right is this truly the plan or was this just how it happened yeah it honestly is baffling and we've never because before tv ratings would get released you know you'd be like oh this many people tuned into the super bowl (laughs) well and supposedly the nielsen's still do that with streaming and things like that really um yeah well because i mean that whole thing was always just like cold calling or like the the nielsen boxes of like yeah here just like record what you Mm -hmm. what you watched um and it's all just like a sample data so they still do that to a degree but like i feel like it's hard. And I will say Nielsen has an interesting blog that they post like stuff about. Um, interesting if you like viewership statistics, but like. Um, <laughs> which we both do, but. <laughs> they have a podcast too, which I've listened to a couple episodes and you're like, if you're into it, you're into it. If not, it's, <laughs> you're really it's not. hard to get through. Um, awesome. But uh, it's it, it, like, yeah, it, it's tough to say, like, because who can say like what these numbers really are? You know, like, exactly. like sampling from a. a Nielsen rating doesn't isn't an accurate representation in this day and age, in my opinion. Anyway, it's um, not. It's definitely not. So I don't. It's it's. I feel like we're talking about it now during this record, and I'm gonna stop recording and go watch it because <laughs> I, I like it's it's one of those. I literally I feel insane that I haven't watched this yet. That's why I watched it. I was like, I can't not. I have. Th- three other shows that I'm in the middle of watching right now. And I'm like, no, I'm dropping all of that to go watch this. You know, like, cause, gotta watch the squid game. <laughs> yeah. Like, cause somebody might ask me about it. We might do a podcast about it and I have to be the guy that's like, no, I haven't watched any of it yet. You know? Well, and it, that's the other thing is in this day and age, if you don't watch it now, you will have it spoiled for you in like two weeks yeah. time. Like there's no way mm-hmm. that there's so much to be spoiled about the show 
that it you can't possibly keep yourself safe from it, especially when this many people are talking. See, I didn't know that, and now I'm panicking even more. Now I want to just like stop recording right now and go watch it for fear. Like, trust you me, know. it's if you just out <laughs> flat out say to someone, "Oh, I haven't seen it," they're not going to spoil it for you. They'll just be like, yeah. "Oh shit, okay, I'm not going to say anything else." You definitely should watch it, and you guys will watch the first episode and just like probably and it, it, that'll be it. Keep yeah. going, um, but it is it's it's. It's very odd, and I wonder, I, I bet you they did do a testing period, because there's no way they mm-hmm. just put this on their homepage and said, here we go, This is we're going to see what happens here. But I wonder if we're going to start seeing more of this stuff, like just out of the blue, the craziest thing, and hopefully it's like, I, I love South Korean cinema and, and television, but like, I want to see other stuff too, like give me like an Italian film or like or a series, or, yeah. or like a Spanish series well, or something. Like, the the weird, and I... <laughs> The weird, like, kind of um, precursor to this, mm-hmm. and I hesitate about this because I'm make, about to make, but like, <laughs> there was uh, that German TV show, Dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From like a few, and like, I'm hesitant to say because I'm like, oh yeah, we're talking about like Korean cinema and representation and all that. And I'm like, actually, the Germans. They are uh, white, but it is German. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, like that that show dark was like one of the first things that i remember people being like yeah oh no it's in german but like it's so good mm-hmm. because like that like what it was um who was it that said the uh quarter inch hurdle oh i don't remember it was i know i, I know what yeah. you're talking about though yeah uh but like, like if you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it was somebody it was somebody receiving an award at some point oh it might have been bong joon ho that was my instinct but then i was like was it Chloe Zhao? but i don't know um uh, either one of them <laughs> yeah but like so the, the comment being um if you can overcome that quarter inch hurdle of having to watch and read subtitles as you talk it opens up a whole new world for you and i think that's very true and i think squid game is teaching people how to jump over that hurdle yes yes even though it's kind of it's also dubbed but like i in my head i like to think that people are watching it with the subtitles me too and again like we said earlier like parasite made this cool like parasite yeah. made that possible which i hate you know using the term cool when we're talking about this type of cultural stuff but sure that's what happens in 2021 like it, people don't grab onto things unless it's perceived as something that everyone wants to do or that it's yeah. trendy or it's something cool and if that's what it takes to get pe- more people into stuff like this I'm, I'm okay with it because it's so it's so good it's rich and it's something you've truly never seen before yeah well and that's and like to, to add another interesting layer to it and then i feel like i'm harping on the same point over and over but like <laughs> i don't know if there weren't for like the conversation around this i don't know that i would see it i don't know that it would ever like because i open netflix and i don't really even see what's there i just start playing like new girl or community or like whatever the four sitcoms I put on before I fall asleep there, Yep. you know? So like there's an interesting level of like, yeah, like this is actually exposing me to something that I wouldn't even have seen. And I say that as somebody that like seeks out and watches stuff. Yeah. So it's, it's cool. It is cool. And another thing is one of my parents was asking me about this the other day. They're like, when's the last time everyone came together and truly enjoyed something like as a whole collective and i'm like i mean 
there was a lot of TV shows back in the like Breaking Bad kind of got mm-hmm. the, like all of America on that same page, but it's been a long time. You can point to like American things and like yeah, you know American and British thing like you yeah. know Downton Abbey and things like that. But like right. things that are uniting on this level, I I can't the moon landing, but sure, maybe. But that was most that was for fake. A, you know, yeah, no. that, yeah uh, that was on a soundstage somewhere. But yeah, even that. But like, <laughs> or like, I'm trying to think of really anything that exists on this kind of massive cultural level. Endgame, but like probably not. <laughs> Endgame, arguably, I want to say like Pacific Rim. Potentially. Because, I, I mean, not on that same level, because I don't think American audiences responded, but, like, I remember that doing, like, really, really big international numbers. Yeah. But other than that, this just does not happen. Yeah. It's wild. Especially when it's not coming from, because everything we just said was specifically came from, like, Hollywood, or most Hollywood, of it. yeah. Whereas, like, this, like, spe- this did not. This generated yeah. completely outside of America entirely. And to see it blow up here is just, whoa, it is yeah. wild, man. Do it's, we know, I, I mean, I haven't seen anything, but do we know, did Netflix buy this post-production or like, was it commissioned isn't the right word, but like, was it developed and, and created by Netflix? Do you know offhand? Yes. Netflix produced it. Okay. Yep. In 2019, they produced it. Good on them. 2019, that to me very much says- influenced by parasite yeah and they even stated in this that they were looking for more overseas like produce things to have success in the states which is like and over the hell yeah the past couple years it's been nothing but i mean like minari was up for a best picture it's like now that's kind of a thing to have a south korean film like be in the best picture category I'm, i'm curious to see what happens this year there's been a couple like blue bayou there's a couple really good ones that came out this year well but also the Academy Awards are going to be loaded this year. I know. It's going to be There's like a lot. Yeah. Ridley Scott versus Ridley Scott. <laughs> Ridley Scott splitting his vote yet again. Yeah, yet again. Come on, man. Yeah. Ridley Scott, Wes Anderson. <clears throat> I am floored by Squid Game, not just in its like content, but also its reception. It's so interesting to me. And I'll be looking to see if this type of thing is normal coming from Netflix, where we see things like this just drop. And it's like, this is the biggest thing ever because this has put Netflix like back on the map. Yeah. (laughs) There was a long period there where, "Eh." (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I feel like it, like I I, I say this all the time, but I'm like, I feel like I want it to be like five to 10 years in the future when we start getting all kinds of documentaries about like this time in the film industry where streamers took over and they're like, let's talk about what actually happened with squid game. Yeah. (laughs) Because we've done all the research now. It's been 10 years. So people like don't give a shit about like spoiling things anymore and whatnot. And we can just give you the details. Be like, Oh yeah. Like it was crazy. Like with like all the things we're hypothesizing. Oh yeah. (laughs) Parasite did fantastic. And they were like, let's extend our thing. And then they found this thing. And, but you know, he'd written it 10 years ago and right. It's so fascinating. And I love, I would watch every documentary. I know. And they're coming. Trust me, they're coming. Probably not even in five years. Yeah. I feel like I should make those documentaries. Dude, send it. Why yeah. not? No time. <laughs> like, just someone's got to do it, literally. So you're going to you're gonna go watch Squid Game? <laughs> I'm going to literally, like, I'm like, it, it literally in my head, I'm kind of like, all right, let's wrap this up. I want to go, <laughs> watch, go Squid watch Squid Game. You're going to go watch Squid Game. 
Yeah. Yeah, man. I uh, y- You're going to enjoy it. So what's your goddamn recommendation, Josh? My, <laughs> my recommendation is a Korean film, a Korean horror film. Excellent. It's The Train to Busan. If you've never seen it, what the what are you doing? Don't watch the sequel. It's no good. Please do not tell people to remake it in America because that's what they're trying to do. Just watch watch the subtitled one. Um, it's literally about a zombie apocalypse that takes place while our main characters are on the South Korean high-speed rail system going from Seoul to Busan. And uh, it's awesome. It's campy, but it's also like really terrifying. The performances across the board are awesome. Uh, the main character actually is in Squid Game, which is awesome. Nice. Just, just for a super like small part, but um, and it's it's got a lot of like the classic zombie stuff with a lot of like the Danny Boyle Twenty Eight Days Later like fiend zombie, mm-hmm. but also in a tr- like a super condensed space. So it's like the claustrophobia aspect. Also, you can't really get off the train. It's it's crazy. It's a really good movie. And it also deals with something that a lot of zombie films just forget about, which is empathy. And they like deal with that oh. like tenfold, which is really awesome. Um, and yeah, it's it's a great film. Support Korean cinema. It's streaming on Peacock right now. And I literally just signed up for Peacock to watch it. So, <laughs> Dude, dope. That's awesome. <laughs> so watch Train to Busan, everyone. It's great. And uh, and yeah, what's your what do you got this week, Willis? Okay, so Josh, you have like a really good ability of like tying in like good recommendations that like fit with like the rest of the episode. <laughs> and I'm just like, not good at that. Amazing Spider-Man one. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, kind of, I wrote this down before this conversation. So like everybody like just stick with me. My recommendation for this week is wet, hot American summer. Fuck. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it is one of my favorite comedies of all time. The reason I thought of it was because I randomly put on like a bandana the other day and people have told me that I look like Gene from Wet Hot American Summer when I wear a bandana and have like a bigger beard. Oh my Lord. Yes. So it made me really want to rewatch it. And it's just some of the best like absurdist comedy. It it stars everyone. Everyone. when they're it's young the, as hell. When they're young, like <laughs> Paul Rudd, of course, because he's in everything, but um, like Janine Garofalo, David Hyde Pierce. Uh, H. John Benjamin. H. John Benjamin as a can of soup. Ken Marino, uh, Joe Latruglio from uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Amy Poehler, Bradley Cooper, Elizabeth Banks, Michael Ian Black, like just the best cast was made into a TV show uh, by Netflix. There you go, tie-in. Yep. Um, Which is... Oh, Which is also hilarious, so good. Um, especially in the fact that they just replace Bradley Cooper's character with uh, Adam Scott. Adam Scott, and, it, it's so and it's just like they're just like, "Yep, he got plastic surgery." And you're like, "All right." Oh, it's um, so good. Yeah. So yes, support South Korean cinema, but for also sure. please watch. But also, American Wet Hot American Summer. Summer is a pretty good movie. It is a really good movie. Yes. I will support that so, to the end of times. I think I'm going to be Gene for Halloween. Please do. Please do. Just and carry send around me a, a can of soup. Oh, my God. Please do. That's amazing. What uh, is that? Is both? I know one. the series is on Netflix. The series is on Netflix, and I'm pretty sure I think the, they both are. the movie is, too. Um, I imagine Netflix might have just bought the rights to the movie. Like. Yeah, like that seems like a, that's a lot of work to go through. If you're not just going to have the movie on uh, 
on your platform. Not. Really? Not currently on Netflix, which is not uncommon uh, with that. Where they'll be like both seasons of their the show is here because mm-hmm. like why would they take that off? But I feel like yeah, every now and then they are like, yeah, we, we gotta yeah, we'll pull to... something out and then we'll pull it back. Yeah. Um, I did just open Netflix and I just want to. Uh, have you seen that Seinfeld is now streaming on Netflix? I did. See, I didn't know that it was now. I heard that it was coming. Have you heard the controversy? No. They cropped it to sixteen nine. Really? So it's a 4-3 show because it was from the 90s, but they cropped it to 16-9. And it's a similar, there was a similar thing that happened a few years back, and I don't remember what show it was, mm-hmm. but a lot of the visual gags don't play anymore because they've been cropped out of the frame. Right. Yeah. Like there's an, ep- there's like the episode with the pothole is what I, is the, the example I saw um, where they're standing in the street pointing at a pothole that you can't see anymore because it's been cropped to 69. Why would they do that? It's, I really don't know. I mean, I see the argument of like, yeah, like nobody watches shit in 4.3 and all the TVs are 16.9 now, but. But it was made in 4.3. Like yeah. I, I'm watching uh, anything that was in 4.3 in 4.3 or else you're losing a ton of the picture. <laughs> I wish I could remember what the other show was, but it was literally the exact same thing of like, well, yeah, you can't, there's like this whole gag here that just doesn't play anymore. Right. That's, well, that's pretty absurd. I don't know how much I'll be watching it, but interesting. Um, That's weird. That's that's weird. Yeah. Weird tag on to make this episode even longer. That's fine. Um, It's fine. We're at 58 minutes. Yeah, we're fine. Yeah. We're good. But yeah. So uh, (laughs) that'll bring us, that'll bring us home. So what is it? Train to Bhutan? Busan. Busan. What is Bhutan? Is that a country? I don't know. Train to Busan uh, and Wet Hot American Summer. That would be. It's a good double feature right there. Yes, yes, back to back. (laughs) Talk about switching gears! Holy shit! Yeah, but yeah. Um, All right, so let's bring it back, Uh, Josh. Where can people find you on the internet? Oh, good lord! People can find me on the internet uh, on Instagram at Josh J Fuller and on Twitter at Josh Fuller thirty three. Fuller is spelled with no e. You can also find me on Letterboxd. I don't think there's an ad on Letterboxd. Just type my name in. I'm there. You'll 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 find me. Um, what, uh, oh, actually we also have a letterbox for pixel splitters now. We did it. Yeah. So if you go to letterbox, we did it like 20 minutes before recording this, guys. literally right before, We're like, uh, oh shit, <laughs> we got to do this now, but yeah, so type in letterbox. It's there. You can find all of our recommendations, uh, up to like, we, we, I'm going to update it every single week. So they're all there, uh, down to our most yes. recent ones. And where can people find you? On the internet, Willis. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Well, oh, we never say Facebook. Yeah, I mean, I'm on Facebook, but... Don't find uh, me on Facebook. Yeah, don't find me Yeah, <laughs> let's not go there. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Willis Film. I also have a letterbox uh, at Andrew Willis. I don't know if I've said my first name on here anyway, at any point, but I still have only reviewed uh, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, but I will I will get there. The only film that matters. You should review that. And it's like, true. Like... Citizen Kane, and that's it. Yeah, <laughs> Citizen that Kane's like Game. two star. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, black and white. Didn't get it. It's okay. Um, and yeah, so you can also find uh, the podcast on Instagram and Twitter. On Instagram at Pixel Splitters, on Twitter at Pixel Split Pod, and on Letterbox at Pixel Splitters. Should be just at Pixel Splitters. Yeah. That's what it should be. Search yeah. for Pixel Splitters. If you see other things that aren't us, don't go there. Go to us. Look for our logo. It's right there. Yeah. There you hard. go. 
Yeah. Got it. <laughs> um, and that'll be it. That's it. Yeah. We did it. Another episode Woo. of the books. Another episode. This is a pretty good one, I feel like. Definitely. Wrapped up this a all- couple loose ends, you know? Yeah. Yeah, we actually went back to some of the things that we've been like, <laughs> well, we'll have to, it'll be interesting. We'll have to keep an eye on that. They all just concluded this week, so we're good. Yes. We're good. That's true. So, yeah. Cool. That'll bring us home. Yeah. Good talking to you, man. Hope you all enjoyed the episode. We'll talk to you next week.